Here's what we're gonna do. First, we uh, the first two categories we're gonna hit with the questions. Uh, the first one is boundaries, and and not boundaries with physical boundaries because we've talked about that a lot. But that that question comes in a lot. Like, where's the line physically in a relationship that's healthy? Or if we're Christians and we want to follow Jesus and honor God in our relationship, how far is too far? Like, where's the line with like kissing and all that different thing, all that stuff? Uh, those are great questions, and we've actually hit some of that in the previous weeks. And so if you missed it. Um, check out the podcast at LWI High School on podcast, Apple, iTunes, and all that stuff. Spotify, it's there. A lot of questions about that. But more specifically, um, let's talk about boundaries in before it gets to that. A lot of people are asking questions like, how do you even start? This was the question. How do you start the conversation about setting boundaries in high school? Like not having that conversation yet. Or maybe one of you, there's other questions that, that came in like one of us wants to set boundaries. The other one doesn't have a concept of that. How do we have that conversation without seeming like we're over-spiritual or, or more righteous than that person? And just that, have that conversation. So we're going to talk about that for a second. How do you start the conversation about setting boundaries in high school? I'm going to ask you to address it first, and then I'll fill in uh, my thoughts. Yeah, I would say even before addressing the conversation, one of the things that I was thinking about tonight, so much uh, in girls, in our hearts, in our minds, in this whole beautiful web that can get real tricky and real messy real fast. Um, in So this is really talking about if you're in a relationship, I'm assuming. Yes. So in a relationship, but even pre-relationship or you're not in a relationship, I think this applies. Girls are really good at developing an entire relationship, an entire future with somebody instantly. Like I see you, you're hot all right, we're married, we have kids, this is what our house looks like, these are all the ventures we're going on, like, it's done. My life is good. I don't, I haven't talked to him once, but, like, I've got, <laughs> we've got our entire life set, and it's, it's amazing. And I've got a whole Pinterest board ready You guys have the it. whole future. Guys just have, like, wedding night. That's all we got, like. Right, that's, that's a common, that, that's, like, our common thing. But, so. So with that, I think that's where it starts for a girl, like reeling it in there and having boundaries inside yourself because it, you know, like you laugh at that when I say that, but like how many times have you maybe not created that entire future, but you've created so quickly this, like we have this fantasy world that we create. And so there's this deep emotional bond and attachment. We literally haven't talked to somebody much in our life or we really don't know them. Um, or we watch a movie and that's why there's this like deep love for, I think of Zac Efron, maybe that was just, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was like, high seriously, school. whatever, high school musical, it's cool. you know, exactly the movie. Okay. Don't pretend like you don't know what you, um, <sighs> so, so <laughs> stop Lord. Um, you're distracted now. <laughs> it's not good. So that's why I have to run half marathons. <laughs> this is so new. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Guys. Keep coming back. It's so important that we start. So girls specifically, guys, too, this could be a reality for you. And you know, it could go a different direction. But the importance of even before you have to get to the point of having a conversation or relationship, like you've got to establish those boundaries in your heart and your mind to stay present in a moment or in a season of your relationship. And then when it comes to being in a relationship with somebody, 
if you're in high school, you're realizing, your sophomore in high school, let's say, you're realizing you might have that desire and go like, man, I feel like this is the person that I'm supposed to be in a lifelong committed relationship with. That's awesome. But you're a sophomore in high school, and so the reality that you're going to be getting married in the next few years and having that wedding and having those kids that have the coolest names ever isn't, isn't that eminent. And so that boundary starts right there. Like you, you're not going to be able to get that far. So stay present in your relationship. And so I would say that's part of the thing. Setting those boundaries don't even have, there are some that you definitely need to start that conversation with, but there's got to be some pre, like I've got to protect my mind, my heart. I'm going to set boundaries inside myself. And then I'm going to set boundaries. I don't even have to communicate to the fact that I'm going to set boundaries with my boyfriend or my girlfriend and just, I'm not even going to go there in some conversation, even though my mind and my heart might think about it. Because when I speak it, then we're just going to go so much farther and we're going to miss the moment that we're in. It's really good. Uh, And to clarify for some that are in here, like boundaries, what are you talking about? It sounds super churchy. It is a little churchy, but it's just those, it's those healthy parameters around a relationship on the physical side that, you know, ultimately what we believe in this place is that God's designed a man and woman to, to be together in the context in the covenant of marriage when it comes to the physical relationship of things. And the Bible talks about that a lot. Uh, and that's the healthiest place for us to thrive. God created sex. It's from him. It's not like this like gross thing that like people do. And like, it's like, ugh. no, it's like God designed it. It's awesome. It's like totally God's plan uh, for life. You guys are like, can I, can I smile? Can I laugh? I'm like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> sex is awesome. In the context... In the context, listen, listen, it's a gift from God in the context of the covenant of, of marriage. And, and listen, if a youth pastor who's been married to his wife for six years can't say it, sex is awesome, but you're hearing it from everybody else, it's backwards. If I can't say it and I'm do, I'm, we're trying to do it right, then like something's wrong, it's broken, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unashamedly say, hey, some of you guys are just like, what's happening right now? This is so awkward. Why did I come to church tonight? <laughs> but a lot of you are you are already experiencing the world of physical intimacy with somebody, or you have, or you hear it from everybody else. But you don't hear church people talk about it. It's this taboo, weird thing. Like, oh, we don't. But listen, it is a gift from God in the context in the in the covenant of marriage. It's a beautiful thing, and and you need to know that because everybody else is making it seem like a beautiful thing like now, and it's it actually causes a lot of brokenness now if you continue to walk in it. So boundaries are those healthy things that you walk in so that when you, you get married, you have that, that, that uh, the opportunity to do that in the covenant of marriage. So how do you have that conversation with somebody? Um, you just need to be upfront and you need to be like humble about it. Don't be arrogant. Don't be like self-righteous and like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. There's a way you can do it that's like, hey, I want to be honest with you up front here. Like I love Jesus and I want to honor Jesus with my life and my relationships Part of that for me is like I have some boundaries around the physical side of things that I want to continue to honor. And if you care about me and you care about us, you will help me and us in honoring those boundaries. I failed at that a lot with her when we dated and when we were engaged. And in fact, we were engaged twice. Part of the reason why we broke up our engagement after I asked her the first time was because I was not leading in the area of physical boundaries in our relationship the way God had called me to. By God's, by God's grace, we saved sex for marriage, uh, but we pushed the boundaries a lot. And a lot of that pressure in those moments of me pu- pushing the boundaries on her after multiple times of, of us talking about these are some of the boundaries that are going to keep God honored in our relationship. Uh, but we'd always just push it a little bit more and then just push it a little bit more and then just push it a little bit more. And it was this point where, like, ultimately for her, she came to the point where she 
I remember one time she was just, she was crying, and I was like, what's going on? And she said, she made the comment, like, I just feel like I can't trust you anymore to protect me, to lead me. And, and that was a big deal for me. It, 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 it was a big deal for our relationship, and that, and that was a big reason why we, we broke up, um, and we weren't going to be back together. It was done. And God resurrected some things, and he's an amazing, redemptive God, and that's why we're back together today. Praise God. But it was because I wasn't leading in boundaries. So, so let me just challenge some gentlemen in here. Um, even before you're in a dating relationship, uh, there are boundaries that God's given you to walk in to prepare for the boundaries that you will be in when you're in a relationship. So you're like, I'm not a, I don't have a girlfriend now. I don't have to worry about it. False. You totally have to worry about it. False. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica all day long. You have boundaries now that are going to help you walk in that kind of purity and freedom when you're in a relationship that you can be practicing now. Practice those boundaries now. Are you looking at things that honor and glorify God when nobody's there to watch? Are you, are, you, are you doing things that please and honor God when nobody's there to watch? Those are the kind of things you can be practicing now and getting right in your heart and spirit now so that when you get in a relationship, they're not the things that are coming to the surface because they've been a part of your life in the private. So have the conversation. Be up front. And I'd say this. Rehab the conversation. Reestablish boundaries. Some of you are in dating relationships and you're like, yeah, we had this great plan when we started dating because like we're Christians and we're like, this is how we're gonna do it. Like, we're not gonna kiss until our marriage, our, our wedding day, and like we're gonna hold hands like this, but we're not gonna do the, all these different things. And then like three weeks in, you're like, oh my gosh, we gotta just throw ice water on us right now because this is getting way too hot, way too fast. It's, it's, it's the fourth week. We're almost done. All right, don't worry. But let me challenge you. Some of you in those moments, here's what you feel. You're like, well, we already did this. We already pushed the boundary this far. Why not? Why do, why, what's the, what, the point of just go, going back? We've already gone this far. We might as well keep going. We might as well keep doing what we're doing past this boundary. May I challenge you. That's not God's heart. You can reestablish boundaries. You can walk in God's grace. You can have that conversation again and say, like, you know what? Let's get in the light. Let's go talk to somebody that we want to walk honoring God in this and just let them in and have them help us and then reestablish the boundaries. But don't buy the lie that, like, once you push something, like, all right, whatever, you already did this, so we might as well just keep going or keep doing it. False. That's the enemy's way of keeping you entrapped. You got to be a person that together, and hopefully that's why we have conversations like this, because maybe you're here with your, your, your boyfriend or you're with your girlfriend or you know they're here or you got some kind of connection and they're listening to the sound of my voice and you guys can hear this and go, okay, we need to have a conversation together about this because there's a way God can redeem that, even that. Boundaries. Okay. Um, Let me make a note. Yep. I was totally addressing emotional boundaries because yeah. I thought you were saying we talked about physical, and so I was talking about emotional. See how so guys and girls work? <laughs> See that? <laughs> Let me clarify. You totally got, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, even, I didn't even catch that so, at all. Just so, just so any confusion or clarity of thought, like I was totally addressing emotional boundaries. No, I, no, I did catch that. I guess I just thought, okay, you covered that. I might Great. talk to the guys for a second Perfect. on some of the physical. We're good. Cool. I just want to clarify. No, I, that was good. I appreciate that. Um, Okay, let's move on. Uh, you know what? Let's hit this. Can we hit this quick? This is kind of about boundaries too, but a little bit about we're going to get into the next subject, which is about breakups and about rejection. Um, this question, how do, you start, how do you start the healing process once you realize that you haven't protected your heart? So let's talk about emotion. Or you haven't protected your body. How do you start the healing process once you realize you haven't protected your heart or you haven't protected your body and now your heart or your body is broken? That's the question. Any initial thoughts? This is a great, first of all, great question and something I'm sure a lot of people have experienced or, or are experiencing, and I think it's a great, a great thing to, to consider. Um, 
I will always, this is going to sound super churchy, but man, I always the answer is run to Jesus. Emotionally, physically, in your relationship, you cannot go wrong running to Jesus. Cling to Jesus. Get around people who are clinging to Jesus. If you don't know how to cling to Jesus, if you don't know how to run to Jesus, find some people that do and get around them. And be like, hey, how are you doing this? Like when you come into this worship time together and you're like really worshiping, like not for show, but you're worshiping because you actually love the Jesus you're singing to. How do you do that? How did you get there? I want to learn. So run to Jesus because he's the greatest healer of brokenness ever, ever will be. Run to Jesus, run to Jesus, run to Jesus. He can and will heal you, your heart. He can redeem your body. He can redeem your sexual history. All of those things, nothing is out of his reach. That'd be the first thing I'd say. Yeah, and then I am just always a person of go find somebody safe in your life that's healthy and older than you um, and go talk to them and, and talk out, like, how do I follow Jesus in this? How do I, how do I continue moving forward? And then just being honest and transparent where you're at um, because that empowers you to move forward. Yeah. Can't do it alone. No. Can't do it alone. Um, let's move into breakups. How do I know if God's calling me to break up with my girlfriend or boyfriend? Whoo! I tell you what, I spoke at a winter camp a few months ago in Spokane, and God, God gave me a word uh, to challenge some people that were in unhealthy relationships in one of, the, one of the morning sessions, and I basically, I knew it was from the Lord because I wasn't a part of the message, and God was like, there's some people in unhealthy relationships that they need to break them off tonight or today, and they need to start walking in, in, in a friendship or something that this is not healthy, so I, I challenged that. And, and then there were several moments of students that were breaking up with each other literally after the session, and hearts were just being crushed. <laughs> oh, my. And I had leaders to listen. I was terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling, I feel horrible, but I was just being obedient to what God said. And I had leaders, adult leaders, like some of our adult leaders said that, of those students coming up to me and like, just like, just want you to know over there, we've been praying for them to break up for nine months. So thank you so much. I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do this. I'm not saying anything about that tonight because some of you are, some, some of you sitting here and be like, don't, stop, stop, stop that right now. Um, but man, what a great question. How do I know? Because I think a lot of the time in the world of relationships, we throw God's name around like way too much. God's calling me to pursue you. God's calling me to break up with you. God's saying in my season of dating with these youths, I don't know. I mean, I just think sometimes we can throw the name of God around too much. Like it's a, it's like this like excuse to like, yeah making decisions that we want or don't want. Yeah. And I challenge that. Man, I'm not, to, I'm not one to say God cannot speak and will not speak. And there, I think there are times when it's really clear. And you know you're, just, you're pushing back on what God's saying. And you are not listening to him. And you can be delaying obedience there and disobeying. And then ultimately, finally, something clicks through and breaks through. And you know you need to make a decision. But I would say be cautious to, to just throw around the God calling me to do this or not. Um. There are some things, though, there are just some things that will line up that if you're having to make more excuses for what you're in than not, you probably need to break up. If you're having to justify more than you aren't, you probably need to break up. There's just some of those, like, it's, like, not complicated. It's real simple. If you're constantly having to go, yeah, but you know what? Sometimes he's good like this. Ah, sometimes, like, he, like, loves Jesus. Or sometimes, like, he's like this. Or sometimes she whatever, you know, does this with her family. And, and, you know, even though she treats them like trash all the time, like sometimes she's nice to them. Like there's just things that can line up and you're wrestling that like, you know, excuse world around it. That's a pretty sure 
uh, sure sign that it's, it's not healthy and you should, you should break up. Um, that kind of takes the God factor out of it a little bit. But, man, I, I, don't, I don't want you to over-spiritualize things. Don't make it always about what God's saying or not saying in that way. Although, I, hear me, God does speak. I do want you to pursue his voice and his discernment and his wisdom in your relationships. But don't make him the excuse for why you stay or why you go. Uh, you're a powerful person. Own your decisions. Ask him for his guidance. And then when you know you need to make some decisions, make a decision. Anything you add? Next question, how can I break up in a way that honors God and takes care of the person I'm breaking up with? Such a good question. Because um, we all know those stories where, like, there's a couple that comes in to a youth group or a school or whatever. And, like, there's even, I mean, this happened all the time in our youth group. Like, God, I feel like God's put you in my life. Like, God's put you in my heart. Like, I'm going to start dating. And then it doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden, God's saying, no, more dating. And then that person that started coming t- with you to your church or your youth group is, like, um, so God sucks because, like, he told you to date me, and then now he told you to not date me, and, like, I don't want anything to do with this, this God. And there's a lot of times where people can be really, really hurt, and God gets the bad rap for it, and it's not God that's doing all that. Um, and there is a way. Now, I'll tell you this. There's no way to 100% avoid pain and brokenness in a breakup, period. You cannot do, you can't do it perfectly. There is no way if both people are actually human beings that have a heart, there's no way like both people are like, yeah, this is awesome. Absolutely. You're great. I'm great. We're all great. Have a great life. Nobody, there's no way that that is real. There's always going to be some heartbreak. There's always going to be some pain, but there is a way you can do it that takes their heart into the consideration in a way that honors God. Um, And part of that is, if you're going to have those moments, like, for the love of God, do them in person. Like, have a face-to-face, eye contact, tone of voice, facial expression. Be a man enough. Be, a man, be man enough, for some of you gentlemen in here, to, to do that kind of moment in a conversation where you can, you can express your heart and, and have the tough conversation, but in a way that's like, I care about you enough and I respect you enough that I will do this in person and I'll, I'll have this. Or if you can't, there's some situations where you can't call. I know that sounds like that's old school, like, but at least your voice is there. But just the text or just the snapshot, Snapchat, snap, snapshot, <laughs> snap. Doesn't, for my, I think that doesn't honor God. I think it doesn't respect to take care of a person. That's one practical way. Anything you'd add to that I mean, one? I mean, just human being kindness. Kindness. Yeah. Like, you think about how do I want, not just in a rela- dating relationship, but like, how do I want someone to treat me? It's through that same lens of like, man, they've been, my boyfriend was so awful and he did all these things and, but he still wants to be with me, but I need to break up with him and still treat him with respect and kindness and like kind tone. And it's not just belittling someone like you want to honor them because they are a human being and they are a son or daughter of God. And so that is, that's their first role and that's their identity and so how you honor, um, lost the question, how you honor God is to, is to honor who they, like who God is in them. This is really good. And then respecting them because they're a human and knowing that, man, we're going to have to, at some level, you will probably see that person again, right? You're not, you can't just, they don't just evaporate from your life forever. Like you'll probably have some level of interaction. So you want to leave in a place where you're, yeah, you're just choosing kindness. Like I said all day to my three-year-old, choose kindness. 
<laughs> choose kindness. But choose to be kind and choose to honor and choose to respect. And that is going to be, it's going to be painful and it will suck in the moment. But if you choose to honor respect and honor the Lord in it by who he is in them, then in a week from now, in a month from now, in three years from now, they're going to look back on the moment and go, man, that hurt badly. But they honored me and respected me as a human. Really good. Are you, are you guys okay if we hang out for just a couple more minutes? Because we're right at the end of our time. But I want to I hit one more question. Um, but say one more thing to that because... A lot of you, uh, if you're like me, you struggle with, like, saying, just getting to the point when it comes to, like, tough conversations. Like, you just kind of dance around, like, yeah, this is this thing. It's not you. It's me. That kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me challenge you. To that point, being kind, like, sometimes, like, the best thing you can do is, like, rip the Band-Aid off. Um, and don't, like, try to do this slow, progressive, like, let's, you know, just... In the moment, again, it's really painful in the moment, but sometimes just, like, being honest, just, like, you know what? This isn't working, and I, I, I'm i not in a really healthy place, or I feel like the way that we're connected, whatever, whatever the reasons might be, just say them in kindness and in love. Yeah. And some of you girls, like, you're, you're not in a relationship, and some of you guys, let's just be real, and but you got people that want to be in a relationship with you, and you're struggling with, like, every day I'm having to, like, shut some dude's dreams down because he's, like... That's the girl of my dreams. I know it. And then you, you know, he comes up and you're like, no, you are not. I am not the girl of your dreams. I promise you, because you are not in any of mine. So, whoa, whoa, it's real life. It's real life. That was my. That was three years of my life with Holly as I was pursuing her. Okay, just so we're clear, that was how it all went down. Um, but can I can I give you some? Can I give you some help tonight? Uh, some of you girls like. Help these fellas out and just be honest with them sooner. Yeah. Don't play games. Don't lead them on. Don't, don't, listen, if you care about them, because part of your reasoning, listen, some of your reasoning, ladies, listen to me. Some of your reasoning will be like, well, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want him to forget that because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're prolonging the hurting of his feelings. Like, if, if, you, if you're not seeing anything here and you can tell, like, he's trying to see something here, like, just be real kind and upfront with him. Like, hey, I'm not seeing anything here. I really appreciate and I'm flattered, but for me, and where I'm at right now, like, I don't see this being something that is going to be a part of my life right now. I care about you, but this isn't going to be something that's a part of my life right now. And man, do that sooner and more honest, and I promise you those guys will, they will respect you more, and it'll be better for their hearts in the long run. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting there too. Yeah. On the flip side. On the flip side, um, the, yes, guys as well. Um, all that I said is the same for you. If you've got a young lady, because especially today, where like Instagram and social media is just a math, like just so much ability to just connect and like, I see you, you see me, like 24-7. Like we don't have that, like I got to wait until school tomorrow to see you moment. It's like we could see each other all day long, all night long because of internet, social media and all this stuff. So, um, so <laughs> because of that, it, it makes it even more difficult to, like, cut things off because it's like, I don't get to just go home and not see him until tomorrow because he can 
like my picture I'm posting on Instagram or slide into my DMs or whatever. There's, there's, all so, there's so much stuff that nowadays it makes it even more complicated to like be clear and concise and cut things off when they need to be cut off. But to guys as well, I mean, again, don't lead girls on. Like, don't, there's one of these, in fact, this was the, this was the kind of the question I wanted to hit because I, where, where I wanted to end is on rejection and friendship because these were the two big, the last two big things that came up. But one of the questions is like, how many really close girlfriends, like friends that are girls, this is a guy asking, how many really close friends that are girls can I have and be healthy? Basically like, can I have a bunch of really close girls that are friends and, and it be, and it be healthy, it'd be, it be okay. And, uh, let me say this. Yes, guys need to have healthy relationships with girls, and girls need to have healthy relationships with guys that are platonic, that aren't romantic in interest. That it's not about like pursuing each other and having an end goal of something being something. Like it does. We need that. But let me let me let me let me strike a contrast to that in this way: that if you're a guy and all of your really close friends are girls, you got a bunch of really close girlfriends. Like you're setting yourself up for a breakdown disaster. Because a lot of girls you're getting close to are thinking you're just like connecting with them and you're really good friends and you're BFFs and you got these secrets and you got these things that you're like, oh my gosh, remember that time? And they're like, yes, I do. It's just like all this. <laughs> and let me tell you, like from experience, I did not understand these boundaries in a healthy way. And so I, I, I didn't know how to have healthy friendships with somebody of the opposite sex, but also not lead them on like they were going to be somebody that I was interested in. Because I was super friendly. I wanted everybody to, to be like, I wanted to like everybody. I wanted them to like me. But there's a lot of people in here that struggle with that. At the end of the day, you only get to have one best friend of the opposite sex. Remember that. And that best friend of the opposite sex will be your spouse. So if you set yourself up to have a bunch of really close guy friends, it's going to be difficult when that time comes for you to separate from all those really close guy friends and you only get to have one really close guy friend who ultimately will become your husband or whoever that person is. Same thing goes for, for guys. You can have a bunch of really close girlfriends, but there's going to be the day where like, we're like, oh, man. all. The so have healthy friendships, but like, you need to set some parameters around the fact you can't be best friends with a bunch of girls if you're a guy. You can't be best friends with a bunch of guys if you're a girl, and it end well. You can do it. It just will not end well. Um. And that was from the that was from that was from the question. That was the reason why I was saying all that. It was to the question of rejection, breaking up, friendship. Oh, man, I got lost. Um, it was date. Where was it? It was right here. I'm just gonna make a comment. Great, and I'll wrap it up. Our right. youth pastor always told us, like, I don't know the exact phrasing they use, but. Like, a guy and a girl cannot be best friends platonically fully. For, forever. Forever. Like there will come a point where, where somebody's we, feeling like this is not just platonic. Yeah. So just that's something to be mindful of. Like, if you have someone, like, this is my best friend, guy and girl, like, you are best friends, it will most likely forever not just be platonic. One of you will develop feelings along the way if you are best friends. So that's something just keep in the back of your mind. Um, that's what happened here after our post rejection in the middle somewhere, we were best friends and then I started liking him. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, friendship is underrated. Yeah. You can be great friends with people that you're not 
pursuing romantically. And we need to have a healthy, listen, I said this a ton of times, we got to have a healthier culture of that here. So don't be shy or afraid of having friendships with somebody of the opposite sex. But when it starts getting into like best friend territory, just have some, some red flags begin to begin to rise and go, okay, am I being safe? Am I protecting their heart? Am I protecting my heart? Um, and then the last thing I want to say is on rejection. Because there's a lot of people in here that have been rejected or they've experienced it, maybe not in the, in the context of a breakup, but like just wanting to date somebody or they like somebody a lot and they just don't get liked back by that person the same way. Or a lot of questions came in here about like, what if I have a crush on somebody or I like somebody, but I have a feeling that like my best friend likes them too, or they like my best friend. Like just a lot of those kind of questions. I'm not sure what y'all are, y'all are dealing with. Y'all are dealing with some drama. Y'all are dealing with some bachelor, bachelorette stuff. I'm telling you that right now. Um, man, I just want to, I want to encourage you all with this last thought, this last thought on rejection. Um, because I'm telling you, it's, it's real. Rejection is so painful. And what I'm, what I'm learning more and more from scripture is that just because there's rejection doesn't mean that um, there's something wrong with you. Uh, because people are broken and imperfect. And a lot of the times the Lord uses rejection as the catalyst for the thing that opens up the real thing he has for you. And I see so many people walk in and out of rejection moments with a girl or with a guy and it just crushing them for too long and and then taking them out of the game like what God has for their life and man there's so many moments even in scripture where like the Lord uses rejection David looked over as as the coming king like Samuel comes to anoint a king his brother his dad doesn't even think about him because he's small and young and insignificant and he's out there with his sheep completely overlooked rejected by man but God says, don't look at his outer appearance. Look at his heart. I, I'm, I have anointed him and called him his king. Like, there's all kinds of moments where man rejects, but God is fully accepted. And it's so important for you to get that now as a high school student in the context of life and relationships because you will get rejected and it will hurt. But that can't define you. It doesn't define you. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Ultimately, our Savior was rejected by men. And God used that rejection by man as the very means that set him up to be the salvation for us for, for eternity. So it's, rejection is probably part of the process. I've been rejected a ton. Not just by me. Not just by you. Whoa, yeah, what? okay. Yeah, thank you. I'm just, it's not all my fault. <laughs> um, but remember that your identity it does not come from a girl or a guy's accepting you or wanting you or seeing you. It comes first and foremost from God seeing you and knowing you. And when you can begin to really journey out that truth, it doesn't matter how many times you get rejected or not. You can stay secure and confident knowing that who you are is anchored in who he is. That is the most important thing. And I'm telling you what, as you continue to discover that in your journey as a high school student and beyond, that's going to be the very thing that produces the healthiest thriving fruit in your relationships. Romantic ones and friendship ones, family ones. It's that reality that who I am is in Jesus first. It's not in what people think about me or what they feel, how they feel about me. It's in Christ. He's where I get it. Last thing I want to read, it's out of Psalm 16, and then I'm going to pray. Psalm 16, David writes this in Psalm 16, 11. He says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. 
at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you can hear anything from this relationship series, the most important thing you got to hear is that it's him as our source. And it's in his presence that is the fullness of the joy, the hope, the purpose, the longing that we're really longing and desiring for. It's it's in him, period. There's no other human being that can give it to you the way you are designed and longing to need it except for in him. Amen? Amen? Let's pray.